We are in the midst of a series titled Issues Facing Christian. If you were happen to miss last Sunday, I encourage you to uh, go to our website and listen to the sermon that, that Albert Thompson preached on the subject of race. One of the important issues that Christians are facing, that we're all facing. This Sunday, we turn to an equally important subject, the sub-issue of the sanctity, the importance, the dignity of human life. We will have the director of Moriah Center address us this evening. Moriah Center is a crisis pregnancy center that the church supports collectively, and some of us support individually. One of those people, persons who supports Moriah Center individually is Elise Darden, who will give a proper introduction to our speaker. Good afternoon. My name is Elise Darden. I am a member here. Um, I recognize most of you out there. Um, I'm also a volunteer at the Moriah Center. Um, as you know from what David has said and probably knew before, um, Moriah Center is a crisis pregnancy center. Christ the King has been supporting it as an outreach partner for several years, at least since 2013. Today we are welcoming Beth Whitehead, director for the Moriah Center, to share with us what this all-volunteer organization does to serve women during pregnancy and to offer assistance after their babies come with counseling, uh, nursing items, baby items, and baby clothing all the way up to size two. I am honored to introduce Beth to you today, and um, I have to tell you, I do not take the word honored lightly. I have volunteered under Beth's leadership for at least four years now, maybe as many as five, um, and the word that always comes to my mind when I see her working is the word grace. Every woman who walks through the door, whom she greets, every word of counsel that she gives, every word of encouragement, um, everything that she says to women who call with a heart full of fear, every email she sends to the volunteers, <laughs> everything she does is endued with grace. And so I truly am honored to be introducing her today. Um, I delight in watching her work and hearing her work. So Beth, thank you for being here. We look forward to hearing what God is doing through the center to help the least among us. Wow, thank you, Elise. That was, it's gonna be hard now. Whew. You got me, Elise is, is a tireless worker in one of the little back rooms, she's very quiet and very diligent, and to have those words said about me is, um, is very precious, thank you. On behalf of um, um, all the volunteers and all, everybody that uh, has walked through those doors for the last 45 years, thank you to, the, um, to uh, Christ the King uh, Church. Your support truly saves lives and changes lives. Uh, Christ the King community matters a great deal to the Mariah mission and those we serve, especially to Christ our King. Um, in the in the uh, bulletin this or in the in the order of worship today um, it says to love your neighbor as yourself, and I think um, first of all to know yourself as God sees you, and then to love your neighbor is kind of what I'm going to reflect on today. As I was praying about this talk and reading the scriptures for today, uh, service that were just read, I was letting them sink in, and my heart was in, impacted, of course, by the psalm, you formed my inmost being, you knit me in my mother's womb, I praise you so wonderfully, you made me, wonderful are your works. When I read and pondered the words of the psalmist, 
It made me feel really accepted, wanted, safe, and loved. On the other hand, it made me look at my flaws and failings and ponder the areas of my life that are not so wonderfully made, the areas I really need to work on and my unworthiness. One feeling will send me into the world to love and serve with confidence. The other feeling of unworthiness can cripple me and keep me doubting and take no action. From the Gospel of Matthew, I felt called to focus on the words, come after me, I will make you fishers of men. As I pondered these two scripture readings, um, and I prayed about them and really let them sink in, the Lord also led me to look up um, some quotes from a tiny woman in blue and white, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, a saint who served the poor, the dying, and the destitute, truly a pro-life servant of the Lord. A little personal story. Uh, last Sunday, my husband and I walked into uh, uh, St. Philip's Church in Falls Church, and we've begun attending there a little bit. We've been discerning if, if we should change parishes. A woman I don't know approached me very directly and said, you don't remember me, but I remember you. Five years ago, I was sitting next to you at a confirmation service in Vienna, and halfway through, you turned to me and said, don't you love being a Christian Catholic? Okay. <laughs> I had a vague memory of the moment in time and tried to put myself in the narrative. Then she said, you have no idea what a big impact you had on me by saying that. She said, it sparked something in me. And I've been on fire since then, sharing my love and passion for the Lord, for my faith, and have been growing in closeness with God. I was taken aback at how joy-filled and emotional she was about it. She said, I knew we would never see each other again, and yet here you are. I've wanted to share that with you, the impact you had on me five years ago. So we went into the service, and as I was leaving afterwards, I went to hug a friend of mine I saw, and she was standing next to this gal who had just approached me at the beginning of the service. The gal said, do you know each other? I said, yes, very well. This new gal then went on to show me a small notepad she had in her hand. She said she was in prayer time recently, and the Holy Spirit had revealed to her to get together 12 women and start a group. And she said, I don't know what the group God wants to do with it or why, but she had made some notes on this prayer. On this notepad were 12 lines, and on one line it said in quotes, don't you just love being Christian Catholic, lady? <laughs> I looked at my friend, but it kind of freaked me out because I wasn't sure about this. I looked at my friend and I asked, is she a legit or freak? <laughs> and my friend said she's totally legit, a wonderful spiritual woman. This made me think that the Lord and the Holy Spirit really work in mysterious ways in our lives and in others. I had also been asking the Lord for signs to show us if we were called to attend this parish. Was this a sign? I don't know. Still in prayer on that one. Sometimes we can see, know, and feel the impact and difference we make in someone's life. Sometimes we never will, or we don't. This moment was a gift to me. Most of the time I feel invisible, just trying to do my best and offer it up to the Lord. Most of the time I think no one really knows who I am, but God does. God truly does. He loves each of us totally and completely. He has called me by name. He knew me before I was born. Almost 20 years ago, a few months after my mother had died, 
In my grief, I had been praying about and asking God where he wanted me to serve and love outside of my family vocation. I saw a notice in my church bulletin seeking volunteers for a pregnancy resource center in Alexandria, which I had no idea where that was. We had just moved from Seattle. Not sure of what any of it meant, I felt a little knock on my heart from the Holy Spirit. I answered the call and went to the Mariah Center on Duke Street in Alexandria, about a mile and a half down the road. Nearly 20 years later, thousands of volunteer hours, lots of hard work, tough times, lean times, lots of amazing moms, children, and stories, lots of sacrifice and love. I'm now the director of the center, and it is my hope to keep the original mission going from 1974. We believe it is the right of every mother to give birth in dignity and the right of every child to be born. God had called, I had listened, I had followed. Of course, I couldn't tell the future and the leadership role I would have now, but God knew I would be standing here today. And that kind of blows my mind, thinking about God in all parts of our lives. Mother Teresa said, Love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. What I have learned and grown in over the last 20 years is I was raising four kids, being a wife and mother, homemaker, part-time teacher, and volunteer, is how God has been transforming me with his grace, his humility, his strength, perseverance, fortitude, leadership, and love in my time at the center. Many times I've been tested in the fire and been fa have failed and have gotten back up again. I just keep trying to walk the walk. Many years ago, seeds were planted by my family, faith, friends, to step out of my comfort zone, to use my gifts, the gifts he knit in me in my mother's womb. As I look back on the job, schooling, friends, education, and life choices, it has all led me to where God wanted me to be and to serve in his name. We are all called. Where are you called to serve and love with your gifts? Have you thought about your gifts? Remember this, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I was never qualified. Many times I wanted to stop. He kept saying, keep going, I'll qualify you. Our legal name is A Rose in Haste. We do business as the Mariah Center. It is an acronym which stands for Mary, the mother of God, arose in haste to go serve her pregnant cousin Elizabeth. Mary carrying in utero the Christ child was taken from the Gospel of Luke. We carry the love of Christ to everyone who walks in our doors or calls. Where are all of us bringing the love of Christ to others? When a woman calls in crisis and has decided to not carry her child, it is our calling to love her right where she is, to listen and to learn and walk in her shoes, to hear her heart and story and really have her see that she matters. She is precious and her child is precious. To share with her how we can walk with her, how we can help take the burdens off that, and the uh, burdens off that are making her consider this life impacting choice. To share with her the very practical ways we can be there with her. Everything we offer is free. We have prenatal, medical help, sonograms, baby items, grocery help, rent help, maternity clothes, rides to doctor, and so much more. On Friday, I loaded my van up and uh, brought a pack and play and some diapers to one of our moms who had chosen life 
um, just this last September had a baby. And then uh, yesterday I was helping a young woman who had chosen life two years ago with her child to learn to drive. She wants to learn to drive and she needs help. So I've been there for that. We help where it is needed. And God is in the little things, in all things. We want each mama to know that she is precious and we can help her along the journey without judgment. Mother Teresa says, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. A mama from our uh, center story, I'll call her Anna. In October, just 2019, I got a call from a mom who asked, how much do you charge? I knew what she meant, and I asked a few questions. I could tell we had a language barrier. I asked if she could come in and do a pregnancy test. She said yes. She came in with her husband and two small boys. Thanks to one of our Spanish volunteers who came and met us, we managed to hear her concerns. We shared her tears and fears. They said that they didn't have enough money and were working very hard to try and pay their bills, take care of their two children and couldn't afford anymore. We did the test and it was positive. We never tell a woman if she's pregnant or not pregnant. We're just, we do a test, we're not a clinic. We never, we don't operate under false pretenses of being a clinic. So we uh, made an appointment. We offered a free sonogram and a visit to one of our doctors at the Tepeyac Family Center. They're out in Fairfax. We have a contract with them. They are a fantastic OBGYN pro-life medical practice. I made an appointment and we met there. I don't speak Spanish and use my Google Translate. If you don't have that, you gotta get it. It's really fantastic. <laughs> and we sat and chatted out in the waiting room. I got to know her husband. I got to know her two little boys. And we waited for the sonogram. I asked if I could go and join them in the sonogram room. At this point, we had no idea of her gestation, how pregnant she was. Was she a month? Was she eight weeks? Nothing. We go in, and Daddy is sitting holding the two young boys as Mama lays on the table. The sonographer puts the wand on the Mama's belly. We all watch. We first see the heartbeat. Then the nose, the spine, the little face, the feet, the legs, little baby bum. We stare at this beautiful child being knit in her mother's womb. We all just stare. I have seen many, many sonograms, and I look at the estimated date of birth. I was kind of in shock and delight. Come to find out, this mama was 20 weeks pregnant, halfway through her pregnancy. She didn't have any idea. I asked the technician, is it a boy or a girl? She very confidently said, it's a girl. Both Mama, Daddy, and I started crying. I looked at Daddy, and he said, I can't do it. I can't take it out. I won't do it. I was a little confused by his statement. Uh, I asked him to clarify, and he said, we won't do what we said we wanted to do, take it out. We won't do that. I gave him a hug and shared their joy. I asked the due date. It just happened to be the exact date as my daughter's due date, my very first grandchild, February 22nd, 2020, next month. We continued the appointment and went to meet with Dr. B. He's the head of the practice he started 25 years ago after he had a conversion experience, after he had been on the other side of the life issue. He is a gift from God and is very authentic. And he got to know the couple, their concerns, etc., and made them feel very, very safe. I told him the due date, and he said, that's my son's birthday. 
God is in the details, and he gives us little things like that to help us know he is in all things. Since then, we have given this couple clothing, a double stroller for their little boys. We've given them food from a church pantry. We have paid for all the prenatal visits and lab work. We've been giving them baby items for the baby due next month. We've been there for them because others, you, are generous to us, and we can be generous to them. They know we are not just there to make sure the baby is born. That's, what, that's not what pro-life and the culture of life is about. We are there for them because you are there for us. Um, just to repeat what Elise said, at the Mariah Center, we're all volunteers, including me. Everything we have is donated and we give it away. We have no state, county, or government funding. And the link between thinking about not bringing to term a vulnerable child, a tiny one, is a very fine line for, for many of the people we work with. The people we meet are not monsters who want to destroy and throw away their children. They're immigrants. They're our neighbors. They're coworkers. They're teenagers. They're college students. Fathers and mothers who are scared and don't know what to do. It usually involves money and stress from life conditions, families, boyfriends, not enough hours at their job, a car that won't start, an apartment that's too small, no family to help, an electric bill they can't pay. The circumstances are unique to each person. We don't judge them. We love them and serve them and lift them up to our king, who is their true father. God knows this mama and child. He knit them both. They are created in his likeness and are wonderfully made. He knows you. He knit you. And I was thinking of knitting. Some of you might knit here. I was, I was thinking of all the love and detail that goes into the item. The color, the pattern, the softness, and the purpose of the item. And it is made with such love and is so unique from any other item made by those hands. And as the knitter has a purpose for the garment or the blanket, so God has a purpose for each of us. He knows our faults and failings. He gave them to us so we would turn to him. So he would nurture the seeds he planted so they may grow and serve the kingdom. Where are you nurturing and helping them grow for his glory? Where are you seeking to serve others with the love and humility of Christ to know the joy it is to give and serve. In the quiet of your heart, listen to his call. Come after me, I will make you fishers of men. What does a culture of life mean? To promote a culture of life in all areas, not just for the unborn, we must first nurture a culture of love in our hearts. We empty ourselves so we can be filled with Father, Son, and Spirit. When I get out of the way and let him in, let the word of God in, let the sacraments in, then I can humble myself to love more deeply. I never changed, I've never changed a woman's mind or heart. I'm not that good or holy. It is the Holy Spirit through me that helps a woman, a family, see that it's possible with help to see in a sonogram their child's heartbeat, to choose to be in need and let us serve them so they can meet their child and grow in love and family. The culture of life surrounds the whole family, the single mom, the teenager, whoever walks in the door that God brings us. The culture of life begins in our own family. How do we honor, respect, speak to, love, serve, and teach those who are right in our own families? The culture of life begins in our workplace. 
How do we speak with love and respect to all those who we disagree with or maybe don't even like? Culture of life begins with discerning where God is calling you and me, discerning our gifts and asking God to show us his plan. It's hard in a world that is noisy and full of phones and iPads and computers and radios. Culture of life is to serve the elderly and the isolated. Culture of life may be serving at a hospital, holding children in the daytime when there's no one there, the nurses are busy, and the parents of these very sick children are at work. It may be volunteering at a pregnancy center or writing letters to Congress and helping change policy for the unborn and the immigrant. Culture of life may be reading to children at a school and helping them feel precious and loved, looking at them the way God would look at them. It may be being a prayer warrior for moral and ethical issues. And do we do all this with humility and love? Are you being called? Listen and let the Lord lead your heart. God may be calling you to join us at the Mariah Center, like Elise, like Bob, uh, who's back in the back there, and his wife, Sarah. Uh, they've been at the center since after they got married. They're wonderful. All of our volunteers are so, so wonderful. Number of volunteer opportunities, I'll just throw out a few. Our hours are Monday through Thursday, 10 to 3, usually school time hours so mamas can get home to kids. Uh, Saturday, 10 to 1, we have very practical needs, sorting donations, hanging maternity clothing, putting dates on formula and baby food, filling clothing requests, checking equipment for safety, recalls and getting them ready to give away, filling out donation requests as they come in, making copies, etc., etc. A lot of practical needs. You don't have to be a rocket science uh, to come in and work with us. Just have an open heart. Uh, we always have to have two, more than, uh, two people there to open, our phone volunteer and then someone else. We're always uh, willing to train and bring along new phone volunteers as well. Very, very important. Um, I'd love to give a tour to anybody, anytime uh, we're open. I'd love to meet you and show you around. That being said, I really am a nobody that God said, you are a somebody in my eyes, and I want to use you to glorify me. 20 years ago, I said, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I come to do your will. I also honor my mom and dad, Dee and Frank, in my work. They brought me up to serve and love in his name. Mother Teresa says, I have found the paradox. If you love until it hurts, then there is no hurt, but only more love. You are precious. Each human life is precious. You are called. I am called. How blessed and privileged we are to follow him. Nothing is more rewarding, more purposeful, or holy. Reflect on Christ washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. Those stinky feet, and Christ just washed them with love. Each act of love and service offers mercy, love, and joy. Seek the joy, do the work, and we shall meet in heaven because of God's grace. I will end with this quote. It was on Mother Teresa's wall. The original is attributed to Kent Keith. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. 
What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. God bless you all as you start 2020. I hope your building gets fixed and it's filled with beautiful, beautiful souls like you who can worship and praise the Lord and do his will.